Hello and welcome to No Sleep. I am your host, Natiana Rochelle, and I am here with Shandrea. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. So tonight we're going to talk about the college admissions bribery scandal, or as some are calling it, Operational Varsity Blues. So in March, over 51 people are alleged to have been involved with 33 parents who are accused of paying more than $25 million to a William Rick Singer who who controlled the two firms that were involved in the scheme. So he pled guilty guilty and helped the FBI gather incriminating evidence against the other parents that were involved in in the scandal. He faces up to 10 to 20 years in prison. So I just want to know from you, Shandrea, um, do you really find a problem with these different celebrities and people that are bribing the college admissions or paying lots of money to falsify their um, test scores and everything like that? Oh, my gosh, yes. I have so many problems with that because, like you said, the first thing that you said was they're celebrities. These are people who are already in positions of privilege, who have the finances to either live within neighborhoods that are zoned to schools that can offer their child the best education and best opportunities to get into colleges, or they have the funds to pay for those privileges privately, so they have a variety of private institutions that really groom their children from the time that they are in, like, pre-K to be able to get the highest scores on these standardized tests, to be able to get the merit scholarships and these Millennium Gate scholarships and things that are out there. They're already so well positioned in life to where the idea that they would go that far. And it's it's not surprising to me that it happened because, I mean, when you you have the money to pay for access, that's what you do, right? But just the fact that you already spend hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars on your child's education or to live in an area where your child can – have access to the best education that you still aren't confident enough in your child to take a test and be able to get into college on their own merit. And that just blows my mind. I just, I can't, I, I just can't wrap my head around that. No, you are totally right. Like you said, they are already set up in those positions to go to those schools, you know, a lot of them. So for them to have to boost up test scores, or even what I've seen from people saying they basically took another student's, you know, position or spot that actually wanted to go to that school, that put in the time and the work and actually studied to get those test scores to be able to go into that school in the first place. So, yeah, it's definitely they're taking a lot of people's spots, and that's why a lot of people are outraged about this scandal. Yeah, I so can definitely know. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, I could definitely understand the outrage around that because, you know, there are all these arguments around affirmative action and people of color Mm -hmm. only getting into college just because, you know, 
they they have to meet some type of quota, regardless of the qualifications that they have, whether or not they're more qualified than the people who are complaining about losing spots to these people of color who have definitely had to excel and achieve to be able to gain to earn those seats. But it's it's ridiculous. I I'd definitely be outraged. And, and. Oh no, you're definitely right, and you should be. We all should be because, like you said, <laughs> the people of color they're taking people's spots. Like you said, a lot of colleges they have to meet, you know, a certain quota for black students in the first place. But it's just like they wouldn't even—I believe—they wouldn't even allow a black parent to even do that unless they was like high, high rank up celebrity who would just mm-hmm. pay and bribe to get their child into school. But other than that, like a regular black parent, they wouldn't allow that. But some of these people that are accused, you know, they're regular, they're regular just people that just have the money, you know, they're like lawyers, anything like that, that have the money to be able to bribe for their kids. Mm. <laughs> and the messed up part is that there are all kind of legal ways that they could have went about it. Like usually people just like donate money to the school or name a building on the school or, like, build the library that the school has been wanting or something like that and put their name on it as a sponsor, you know, just to draw in those funds and in legal ways that they've been doing for years that they still, that that wasn't even enough. They had to go this underhanded way to still kind of push for that. And I remember, I believe when it, when it first came out, um, there was, like, a counter-argument to it about how um, – Dr. Dre and one of like a producer or something that he worked with had invested Mm -hmm. millions of dollars into some technology center at USC or some college that his daughter also goes to, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. on the same level as, Hey, let me fake my child's test scores and make up, um, make up sports achievements so that they can get scholarships for things they've never played. It wasn't, to that degree. Oh, no, definitely. I understand. Like, yeah, just because that was a lot of big controversy, like, just because, you know, he had his names and he donated money to that school. But like you said, he didn't falsify documents. He didn't lie on college applications and said, you know, his child played sports. He didn't lie mm-hmm. about their test scores, you know, anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, his child got in, but I believe it was because of the work that was also done not just because his name is on a building, but for these other celebrities like Lori Laughlin, you know, who played on Becky on Full House, and Felicity Huffman, like they basically paid to have their daughter's SAT score both boosted. And Laughlin was actually, she actually lied and said that her daughters played sports in high school when they did not at all. So they are accused. And a big, another controversial thing is, how much time they're actually going to spend in jail because Huffman was only sentenced to 14 days. And mm-hmm. as we know, um, or if you know the story of the black mother who was sentenced to five years mm-hmm. in jail for um, just wanting to change her school district so her child could go to a better school district. So she lied about her address, which come to find out which was her father's address that she was using in the first place. So it's not like, they weren't family or anything like that, but she mm-hmm. spent five years versus Huffman having to spend 14 days. So what do you think about that? 
That is just so ridiculous to me. When I was in Ghana this summer, uh, we were talking to some of the staff at the school that we were at, and they were telling us how in their country it doesn't matter where you live. You can go to whatever school or you can send your child to whatever school you want to send your child to. If you have the money to put your kid in the school, you go right ahead. If you can get your child to that school, you go right ahead. You don't have to worry about like somebody coming to check and see if your child really lives at a certain address, none of that. And they were so surprised to hear that here in the United States, if you don't live in the area that you're, that you're zoned to or the school, if you don't live in the area that the school is zoned to, you can face prison time. And it's so ridiculous because it's such a, it's such a prejudice kind of law to even have because who but people of color would even need to fabricate an address to have to get better access to schools. So it's all it's almost mm-hmm. like they could foresee that well they're they're gonna want access to our schools so to make sure that they don't and to dissuade them from ever trying to engage with us in this way, we're gonna criminalize them seeking access to a better education for their children. So that's like five years and four, five years for someone who was transient, for someone homeless who didn't have a stable home in 14 days for this woman who had all of this money and fame and a good legal team, I'm guessing, to get it down to 14 days. So that's that's ridiculous, and it just it continues to show how how different crimes or crimes are prosecuted or handled for different people within this country. Okay, so I do want to ask you. So I know you mentioned you know because she's a celebrity. So I want to know, do you think if it was another like black celebrity that did the same thing, do you think? that she would have also got 14 days with Felicity Huffman because she did the same thing? Or do you feel like she would have got a higher sentence because she is black, even though she did the same thing? Oh, no, of course. Of course she would have gotten a harsher sentence than Felicity Huffman because just just because of the element that she's black. I went to a, a conference on incarceration over the weekend, and one of the points that the that one of the speakers were making was, it's not even like the crime that they're necessarily that they're looking at, but who they're looking at to commit the crime. And so that's mm-hmm. why within his neighborhood or where he lives, it's like a boundary between like surfer white guys and, you know, the gangsters in, in Compton, like they, the white guys smoke just as much or did just as, did just as many drugs as the, the gangsters, but he never got pulled over in a neighborhood like, a couple of blocks away with with the surfer white friends, but he always got pulled over when he was with and searched illegally and all that when he was with his black friends. And so it's always like regardless of whether or not we commit the crimes at the same rate, we're always gonna see those harsher punishments. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I just had to ask because I feel the same way, no matter if it was 
a black celebrity or another black actress just like her, she would have still got mm-hmm. or received a harsher punishment. And it doesn't even make sense because, like you said, um, it's not even the same thing in my eyes. You know, um, these mothers, they just wanted their children just to receive a better education. And it's sad that they couldn't receive it at their home school to begin with. They had to go Mm -hmm. to another school district to receive it. And so to punish these mothers for that makes no sense to me, especially if they were using somebody they knew address. You know what I'm saying? Like their Mm -hmm. father's address. That doesn't make any sense to punish those people so harshly just for wanting better for their kids. Mhm. And nobody's punishing um, these people who are going into communities and closing down their schools in favor of school choice to open up these charter schools that are further away, that aren't in the communities, that aren't even tailored towards the children that they're meant to serve. So nobody's criminalizing these people from taking away the schools and not funding the schools who were put here to equip our kids, who equips all of our kids with a quality education. Nobody's criminalizing people from withholding funding from public from public schools. They're criminalizing the parents of poor the poor parents who are seeking better opportunities for their kids. And the priorities and the finger pointing is just everything is in the wrong direction. No, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Nobody is doing anything or trying to change these situations. Rather, they're just punishing the people, you know, that are trying to get better, but they're not actually trying to help the situation. So this can occur or this can happen multiple times or keep on happening until actually somebody goes in, the government goes into the school system and wants to actually make a change. And those school districts that don't have or that, like you said, they took from or they got rid of different programs. Like, I know that's a big thing right now with a lot of schools. They're trying to get rid of, like, theater program, music program, and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. And so it's just like, okay, so what do you want our kids to do? What do you expect them to do? You're giving it to the other schools, you know, these mm-hmm. other privileged schools. But what about our schools and our community as well? But, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you're saying 100%. And we are going to take a quick commercial break. You're listening to No Sleep Radio on the CWR Talk Network. You can call in with your comments and questions at 563-999-3660. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. 
And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back to the No Sleep Radio. Don't forget you can call in with your comments or questions at 563-999-3660. So before the break, we were talking about the college admissions bribery scandal and how with celebrities is definitely different and how they only serve a shorter sentence than with um, a black mother who actually had to serve five years. So just going along with that, Um, I did want to bring up, so the FBI actually knew about these scandals that have been happening since 2011, and that actually goes back to what you were saying, Chandra, when you was like, the government is not doing anything about these school districts and making them better and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So they've known about these scandals since 2011, but not until recently have they actually done anything about it. 
when it comes to actually getting the celebrities that have been bribing these colleges mm-hmm. and everything like that. So with knowing that information and knowing that the FBI and authorities and everything, you know, they've been knowing, how do you feel about nothing still being changed or after all these years, it's still basically going on, only just somebody decided to talk and write out all Mm -hmm. these people, which is why they got caught. So how do you feel about that? Right, of course. Of course, they had to wait until they got this person to indict all of these other people or to, like you said, to, to rat out all of these other people, even though they've known for years that all of this was going on. It's, again, I'm not, I'm not surprised just because they've been, there've been these, I don't even know how to describe it, but just, these kind of invisible ways that they've been kind of deconstructing what we know as our public school system over time. And then if you look at the type of people that we have in positions of power, especially now, because like our Secretary of Education, Bessie DeVos, is like she pushes for charter schools. She mm-hmm. funds groups that defund public school. Like she, she has all of these initiatives and like is taking, shutting all of these things down in favor of school choice because that's a business for them. And there are all of these corporations tied into just everything that we do. Like here, here in Arkansas, we're fighting. The Waltons, we're fighting Walmart's hand within our school district because they they have people in place within our government and within our administration as far as education goes who they can just feed things to. And then they lobby to our senators and our congressmen who get other ideas from D.C. and then bring them back here to implement them. And then now we're losing our schools who served predominantly communities of color, schools that had like health clinics and dental clinics in it that served a large population of students because they make more money and their friends make more money by creating charter schools with curriculums that you don't have, you don't really have access to. You don't have, you don't get to ask questions about what's going on in these schools or anything. They've been doing these things behind our backs for years on like a K K through 12 level. So the fact that these colleges were even two were participants in these things. So just, I'm not surprised. It's, It's always been going on when you have people within these institutions and within these systems who are just looking to capitalize off of the backs of the poor people. There's no telling the length that mm. they will go to. Wow, that was deep that you said right there because it is so true. You know, I didn't know that was going on in Arkansas, but I do know that that has been going on in a lot of states. But, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Like you said, I'm not really shocked or surprised that this has been happening for so long. Um, and going off of Betsy DeVos, going back to the colleges, like, 
I know they basically, they did try to take away a lot of funding from HBCUs. And mm-hmm. that right there was like a big hit because a lot of HBCUs numbers have been rising since like 2014, 2015. So enrollment is going up. And yet they want to cut a lot of funding from the HBCUs to give, mm-hmm. you know, to the top universities, the Ivy League schools. And it's like, but at this point, they have a lot of funding. You know, they have, mm-hmm. like you said, they have a lot of supporters and everything like that. There's also funding to them. So to take away from the HBCUs was not really helping them, but rather just hurting the HBCUs. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, like, I don't know if this was, like, a week or a couple of weeks ago because I'm not a sports fan, but you had, I think her name's Jamel Hill, saying how black athletes need to leave these Ivy League white institutions and take those dollars to HBCUs and how mm-hmm. she just got, like, slammed on Twitter by people who was like, oh, well, you're that's just resegregation. That's all you're trying to do. Of course. But it's like, no, you're – there's no equity in the way that these schools are receiving funding at all. Y'all don't need that money. (laughs) And like these HBCUs produce the most professionals, the most black professionals within our country. I think like 65, 75% of like our black doctors and lawyers and stuff come from HBCUs. So why wouldn't we want our, students of color to play for colleges of color and take their money to colleges of color or the money and endorsements and everything that's going to come with having those division one athletes at their school. Like why, why is that such an issue? And they look at it and they try to frame it as you're just trying to resegregate things, but it's not the case because white people were never barred from entering into HBCUs. So it's not like they could say, oh, you're just trying to segregate again. No, no, no. Nobody's trying to keep you out of anything. But yet the numbers that you have for people who look like us are very low. (laughs) And you're not really Mm -hmm. willing to expand that. So why would we not want to invest in our own? And so that that is just another thing that's not surprising that, like you said, They just want to continue to take from people who've already, like, they they see that they're coming up, and the first thing that they want to do is find a way to make sure that that doesn't happen, that they don't achieve any place of prominence amongst all these other institutions. Oh, yeah. that No, that is definitely true. And like you were saying, honestly, I know a whole lot of HBCUs that give out minority scholarships to, you know, mm-hmm. white people. So that's not, it's not, we're, we're not saying we don't want you at our school, but we're, it's just like the thing with Black Lives Matter. You know, we're basically trying to say that black schools matter as well, not just black schools mm-hmm. matter only, but we matter as well. And like you were saying, we produce the top, you know, lawyers, doctors, engineers, everything. They come from an HBCU. And speaking on the celebrities, well, I know that a lot of them, they're going to endorse who endorse them. So they're getting paid mm-hmm. from a lot of those colleges or a lot of those companies that they're endorsing, which is why they give their money back to those schools or to those companies. But you're definitely mm-hmm. right, though. With Jamel Hill, like, they do need to start giving back. 
because, you know, a lot of people look up to them, for one, and then for two, it's just, why don't you want to get back to your, your own people, the people who have really helped you get here by cheering you on, being there for you, you know, every step of the way. So why wouldn't you want to give back to your own people, your own community? Because as you see, mm-hmm. we're struggling. They keep taking and taking and taking, and we're barely surviving. Even with, you know, the alumni coming back and donating money, it still doesn't seem to be enough. And so right. a lot of HBCUs, you know, they're still losing their accreditation because of funding. It's just mm-hmm. a whole lot of stuff that's going on from that. So, yeah, it's not equal. The school system hasn't been equal. It's not like we're saying, like you said, that we're trying to segregate again or go through that again. It's just we're saying that we are as important and we need funding just like other schools need funding. Mm-hmm. We need the programs just like every other school needs their programs in order to succeed and everything like that. And I don't even think that they thought of the after effects of if you get start getting rid of all these HBCUs because you don't want us all in your schools. Like you're saying, y'all have mm-hmm. to be a quota for black students. So what's going to happen when you try to shut down a lot of HBCUs? Where are we going to go? Then I don't think they would just thought all of that through. We're going to have to come to your schools, which you don't want that. So. But couldn't that be the point, though? <laughs> because that would leave a lot more of us uneducated. And you know black women yeah. are the most educated group in the United States right now. So, <laughs> Like maybe yeah, there's maybe, the, maybe a hidden agenda <laughs> could be to knock us out of education in that way because you know that they don't plan to increase their numbers. And we know that all some of these prominent families have to do is buy a building or buy somebody or a, a test proctor. <laughs> so I don't know. No, you're right. That actually, that makes you think like, oh, maybe that's what they are doing because like you said, a lot of our educated people come from HCCU. So maybe they're like, if they shut us down, we won't have so many successful lawyers and doctors and engineers coming out of that. So that really makes you think a lot. Mm-hmm. But going back to Operation Varsity Blues and the two black mothers that um, were in prison for almost, well, not similar things, but where they went to prison for trying to change, you know, their school district. Um, a lot of people were saying that they were stealing in education, and I don't believe that when it comes to the black mothers. No, they weren't still in the human education. But when it comes to the college admission scandal, I do believe mm. that they were still in education because, like we were talking about, they stole a seat from somebody, like somebody who actually worked hard and paid to be at their school. They they took somebody's spot, somebody's position. So in that case, they're still in education. So what do you think about that? I can definitely agree with that because in the instance of the the black mother, it's like these are public schools. Like you pay taxes, you pay into the public school district. You're right, not stealing right. something that everybody pays for because <laughs> this is a select. I mean, this is really, it really should be how it happens. Like we pay our taxes. We pay enough to where we should be able to just have our pick of what schools our kids to go to or not even have to need that because the schools 
are good enough in the communities that we live in. But if you're on the other side of this argument and you're not, this isn't about like doing your job as a citizen and pay your taxes. This is blatant, like, hey, let me slide you $15,000 to change some answers. This isn't, like, that is a completely different thing. No, you're right. And those mothers, they, after they, you know, served their time, they did make them pay back in back tuition for their new school because, you know, they're saying it's in a different district or it was like an uppity school, so it costs more. So they were like, you know, for back taxes and everything like that, they had to pay one mother had to pay 6500 while another one had to pay 30000 in back tuition oh, wow. to another school. So, right, and it, it makes no sense. But, no, they're not splitting education because, actually, at that point, everybody during K – like, yeah, kindergarten through 12th grade, they should be getting the same education. But as we know, of course, they're more mm-hmm. than likely not getting taught the same, have the same valuable books or anything like that or resources. Mm-hmm. So that's not still an education. But like we were saying, definitely the school, the college one, that's definitely taken away from someone who could have been there, who actually wanted to mm-hmm. be there. And um, Lori Laughlin, I believe her daughter is the one that said she needed want to go to school. She didn't want to go to college anyway. So you yeah. did all of that for her not to even want to be there. <laughs> taking somebody else's seat who actually wanted to be there and deserved to be there. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of effort for nothing. <laughs> right. And now you're facing jail time and your daughter didn't even want to go through that. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, how many people or celebrities did this to their kids who didn't even mm-hmm. know about it, maybe, or didn't want to be involved with it, but were forced because their parents told them or made them do it. Mm-hmm. My whole problem is, in the in the case of the of the non celebrity mothers, they like. <laughs> the argument against them or it's it's about them stealing an education and they're mad at the reaction of if, if they were indeed stealing an education, that's still a reaction to their children not being able to go to school that could give them an adequate education. Nobody ever looks at the cause of that. They, they're not thinking what would cause someone to want to use someone else's address to put their child in another school. Like what conditions do that, does that person need to be living under for that, for that to be an option for them? It's just, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. But there are plenty of things that shouldn't have been done as far as laws passed and events that have occurred within this country that should, that shouldn't have happened yet that everything was fine. But and like the need to do that in the first place, like the need to put a, a, someone else's address down so that your child could go to school. Like we said countless times, we should have equitable education within mm-hmm. our country, <laughs> and no one would have to do that. And I feel like we should address that issue instead of trying to punish low-income mothers 
who just want their child to have a better shot at life than they did. No, you're you're definitely right on that. Honestly, don't even feel like they deserve to even get punished for that. Like you said, somebody should have just set them down and try to figure out what 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 was the problem. Like, what's the problem with this school that your child had to go to another one? You know, stuff like that. And I don't feel like they even. Of course, they didn't care because they sent them to jail for that. But like you said, they just didn't take the time out. They didn't take no resources out whatsoever on that situation. But, of course, for the college situation, it was just, oh, well, you're rich, so you can pay this money, and we'll just make it all go away. We'll forget about it, you know, mm-hmm. which is a huge issue, of course. But I think I already know what you're going to say about um, this, but what actions, steps, or consequences would you have taken in the black mother's case, if any? Hmm. To get my child into a better, like, school district to avoid those consequences or, like, afterwards? <laughs> like, <laughs> afterwards. Like, say you're, you're, you're part of the authorities or you're a government official and you hear this. Oh, what would I have done for us to, to them? Mm-hmm. Huh. I I I kind of agree. Like I don't I don't feel like they should have been punished for for that. And I, as far as the local authorities, because of the procedures and the rules that they are given to follow, because a lot of times they're just the enforcers. They're just doing their job. Does their job suck? Yes. Should there be a need for their job? No. <laughs> but <laughs> they. Like, they have orders to carry out these things, like, to arrest these women or, you know, prosecute them for that. Well, no, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say at a prosecutorial level because that's where I think things go horribly wrong is when it comes to, one, legal representation for the mothers, the, the black mothers, as opposed to a Felicity Huffman or any of the, what, 51 parents that were found out to be a part of the scandal. All of them had, I'm sure, great legal counsel, fantastic legal representation, and had people who could get a 14-day sentence, whereas someone who's already low income might have to get a public defender who already has a heavy caseload, isn't making that much money, doesn't have that much time to get to know your case, and then you're going up against a prosecutor who doesn't care about people of color and is more into or leans harder on sentencing when it comes to that. So I feel like our whole legal structure, when it comes to having prosecutors and judges who can look at these situations and say, okay, these women obviously were looking for a better opportunity for their child. They weren't trying to cause harm to anyone. You know, this was not a bride kind of situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I not definitely understand. It really honestly to me shouldn't have even gotten to that point or even gotten that far because, I mean, as a judge, like, you really, are you really just going to sentence these women? Well, I, well, they did, but 
it's like how can you sentence these women for just wanting their child to have a better life? That's basically mm-hmm. all it was. So I mean, <laughs> for the other side, for the college side, what actions, steps, and consequences would you have take? Would you take for that, or do you feel like they got what they deserved? I don't feel like they got what they deserved at all. Now. I have my own issues with prison and incarceration as, like, a system in general, but they're definitely, the consequences I don't feel match the crime that they committed because this was, there were too many other things that they could have done that were legal to uh, to avoid that. They weren't put, on, like, under any harsh circumstances, like you said, one of their daughters, at least one child that we know of, didn't even want to go to college in the first place. And they right. were doing all of these things. So, of course, you're go- I, I definitely wouldn't have taken from 2011 up until, what, March of this year, whenever all, all of that came out. I definitely wouldn't have waited that long to do something, whether or not I was waiting on on the the person, the informant, to give me all of the names of families or not, like that's something that you want to act like. Who knows how many kids had already been through college and gotten several degrees based off of that. <laughs> so I wouldn't have taken that much time to get on the crimes for one. But after that, I don't know. I don't even know what, what is an acceptable punishment for that. But 15 days as opposed to what these mothers who changed an address received is just, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I definitely agree with you. The punishment did not fit the crime at all. Honestly, this person, both, all of them actually should have get some years, should have gotten some years or should get years because it that doesn't make sense like you said there were so many other things they could have done and then they have the money they have the resources so it's not like they couldn't get their child tutors or anything like that if they needed help on those tests Mm -hmm. so why be so extreme with it to go to bribing these people and I know you say you you wouldn't have taken that long but I feel like everybody was on some type of payroll, which is why it probably took that long, mm. you know, including the authorities and the FBI. Those probably, because, you know, mm-hmm. USC, they've been receiving so much money. So I feel like they were paying off some people, too, as well, to keep them quiet about it so they can keep getting their money or as much money as mm-hmm. they've been getting over the years. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so we are going to take another commercial break. You are listening to No Sleep Radio on the CWR Talk Network. You can still call in with your comments and questions at 563-999-3660. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong.
Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of you're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me, whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. being bullied online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council you're listening to 
the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. And we are back. We have been talking about Operation Varsity Blues and how the punishment did not fit the crime, how this has been going on since 2011, and it's just now being, something is just now being done about it, how celebrities are basically getting away with it, while other mothers who are just trying to get their kids into a better school district get a punishment that is far harsh than what these celebrities are receiving or have received. So just to wrap it up, um, I want to hear your final thoughts and comments and everything, Chandria. Oh, I just, I, I just think all of this is so ridiculous. And I, I, I wish I had enough money to have these kind of problems. I mean, I wouldn't if I did, but you know, to where this could even be an option for me, you know, because I, I have a daughter, and with what we're dealing with with our school district here and fighting to get local control back from the state, it's just such a mess, and the state of her education is always at such great risk because of the state of our public school district, and being a mom and being a parent, there are so many investments you have to make into a child. Like even when I when I wanted to change my child's school, we had to physically move. We had to pack up all our stuff to move to a better location to where she could get zoned to a better but still not the best school or just great school. And that required moving to, you know, somewhere way more expensive than anywhere that we could have lived. And just it's already so unfair and so inequitable how black students and white students or poor students, I'll say, and and students who have access to wealth or who come from wealthy families, because even poor white students get swept up in in, in our in our education system and receive these same these same low quality educations that a lot of our black students are receiving. So just by nature of existing in this every day, so much needs to change on so many levels, not just at a college level, but also at early childhood education level, having access to quality education. All of our kids deserve that. Nobody should have to cheat to get ahead in any way, shape, form, or fashion. No one should even need to have to use a different address. No one should need to have to bribe a test proctor. We should all be able to send our school or send our children to schools who are more than capable and funded enough to provide our kids with the education they need so that we can be confident when we send them off. And we don't have to worry about any of these things taking place. But that's not the world that we live in right now. No, say that. Everything you are saying (laughs) are facts. It is true. It doesn't make any sense that, like you said, I have 
to go to another school district just to have a better education or just to learn, you know what I'm saying? That's not good mm-hmm. at all. It's time that we reevaluate really the school system. How I don't even know if you've even seen just some of the work. Well, I know you had, but some of the work that they even doing, like when I remember being back in middle school and high school, it's like our math wasn't like how they're trying to teach math now. It's oh, like everything goodness, is no. changing. <laughs> <laughs> right, like everything is changing, and I don't think they really just thought through everything before they just changed it. But like you said, it's just it's just not okay, and it needs to change. Everything needs to be reevaluated. What happened with this scandal is just it doesn't make any sense. It's not fair to anyone who is actually trying, who wants an education, who wants to better their lives, or who wants to actually just do something with themselves. It's not fair to those to those kids that worked mm-hmm. so hard to be at those schools or to even get a scholarship at those schools. But right. I remember when I was in um middle school, um, me and my family we had moved so I was gonna have to change schools but I didn't want to change like in the middle of the year. I was in seventh grade. So I didn't want to change like in the middle of the year. So I had to actually fill out a hardship scholarship to even be at that school anymore. Um, wow. So yeah, it was still different. Like I shouldn't even have to have to do all of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had to get a scholarship, so my grades had to stay up. Had to be on my best behavior. <laughs> Couldn't mess up or anything like that, or I could lose the scholarship and wow. end up having to go to another school, which I really didn't want to be in that district either because of where we moved. So that's mm-hmm. why I was trying my hardest to stay at that school in the first place. So, yeah, I shouldn't even have to do that because every school district should have just been okay or the education should have been okay. I shouldn't have to worry about that or worry about mm-hmm. even losing a scholarship like that. Right, right. And then what does that say of the American dream of, oh, if you just work hard, you know, everything will fall in the line, but then you find out that you worked hard, but somebody else just paid the person at the top and got your spot. (laughs) Right, right. That is so messed up. And like I said, it's not fair to anyone that did work hard and lost their spot because of this or because of that that is going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, before we go, I do have some messages for tonight. So coming in 2020, No Sleep will be presenting the inaugural Millennials Changing the World Virtual Town Hall Summit, and you can get more information on the Millennials No Sleep Forum on LinkedIn. You can like us on Facebook at CWR Talk Network and follow us on Twitter at CWR Talk Net and on Instagram at No Sleep Radio. No Sleep would also like to present Misguided Magazine, which is a platform for millennials to not only share our voice and opinions, but also to showcase our talents. The first issue is out now, and you can subscribe by texting Misguided Mag, all caps, to 22828. Once again, that is Misguided Mag, all caps, to 22828. And that is all the messages that I have for tonight. And we are wrapping up with Operation Varsity Blues. 
in the college admission scandal. This is No Sleep Radio, and I want to thank everyone for joining me tonight. All right. Good night. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions.